G'day everybody, Matt Ellis with you for another edition of the Cricket Library podcast and today we hear the fascinating story of former Zimbabwean captain Tatenda Taibu. There's a half track, it's in the air and it's over his head and it's over everybody's head. Taibu, some joy to the Zimbabwean. Here's the battle. And there's your 50. He'll be delighted about that. One in Test Cricket and now in one in one day internationals as well. Very good innings. Came in when his side was in desperate trouble. He's uh, played sensible cricket. We'll hear about his origins for his passion for the game, breaking into first class cricket, being a very young captain, his memories of playing against Australia, his time in the IPL, his memorable Test Match 100, and something that is very deeply important to him, his Christian faith. It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the Tatenda Taibu story on the Cricket Library podcast. It's a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library podcast. Tatenda Taibu, thanks so much for joining us. It's good to be here, mate. And you're in Australia at the moment. Uh, great, great to have you down under, and a, a great, great, great opportunity to share a bit of your story. I'd be really interested to start at the beginning and and find out where your passion for cricket started. Mm. So, so cricket was introduced at the high density suburbs where where I lived. Um, it was a Zimbabwe cricket program to spread cricket into the four corners of the country. Uh, cricket in Zimbabwe was known to be an elitist sport. Mm-hmm. And um, Zimbabwe cricket uh, decided to embark on this um, journey to spread it into the four corners. So my school was, my primary school uh, was targeted to be one of those schools to introduce um, the sport uh, um, together with for, with three more schools in our area. Uh, so they targeted a few schools, three to four, in each of these areas. And I, I happened to be at one of those schools. So um, it was a PE lesson. And um, the coach, Steve, my first coach, Stevie Mangongo, um, would take us for PE, uh, you know, introducing the sport. So he would teach us how to, to hold a cricket bat, um, to hold a cricket ball and bowl and to catch and throw and if he felt that you you had talent um then you were you know you were taken to the right and then if not um, you're taken to the left it wasn't a matter of who wants to play the sport it was who is you know who's showing signs of being able to to play the sport so because of that he assembled a you know a very talented group um and we just started practicing on a daily basis and um, and just got better and better and better. And that's why, you know, so many cricketers have been produced from, you know, from that primary school. So so instead of doing normal lessons, you'd get taken out to have some special cricket time? Oh, yeah. We, we, so, so the introduction was the, 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 the PE lesson. And then you were then asked to come and practice after school. Oh, so great. Yeah. So, yeah. So school finished at five past one. So we had to rush back home, um, you know, 
uh, get our lunch, uh, change, and then come back for training. And we had to start at uh, 2.30. So we'd go from 2.30 to 5.30. Oh. And this was Monday to, Monday to Friday. It didn't matter if it was, um, you know, summer, winter, autumn, or spring. It was every single day uh, if you weren't playing a game. Wow, that's outstanding. And uh, how does how does that progress to playing uh, traditional formats of cricket, playing playing in uh, in organised games? Mm-hmm. So, so initially we would play against the other um, high density tables. Yep, uh, the ones where you know cricket was also introduced, and then so there was a a, a, a competition amongst those schools. Um, then if you did well, then you would then um, be selected to play against uh, the private schools. Mm. Um, so we so we won every single game we played, and then we started playing against the private schools, and that was our first test of um, you know playing on the test. Yep. Um, and and we won everything, and we just went around beating everyone. Um, <laughs> you know. Winning every game, <laughs> really, um, and that went on for four years, even after we had left primary school. Do you think that's due to the volume of practice you guys were doing? Were the other schools practicing as intensely as as you were? Well, not at all. Uh, the other schools were not practicing as intensely, yeah. and also um, Stephen Mangongo was very result oriented, mm-hmm. very tough tough character result-oriented result and, um, um, you know, and also was a good coach, more uh, well, still is a good coach. And um, and so definitely the volume played a part, the quality of coaching played a part. Um, and there was a little bit more, you know, a bit of strictness that was also instilled in us. Um, and things like, you know, if, we, if you were good and you're one of the main players, um, we were pretty much not allowed to play any other sport because yeah. come winter we had to play. You know, we had to play football because we football, um, also known as soccer. Yeah. Um, it was the, the sport that you know a lot of us kids would 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 play in the winter. But if you had to go for Stephen Mangongo's training, you didn't have to play any other sport. Yeah. Um, so. I got into trouble one time because I was also good in football and uh, I was actually playing for a club. So I had to, you know, I had to find ways to dodge Stephen Mangongo's trainings to go for <laughs> football. And, um, and then he just sent a message uh, with one of the players and said, um, you know, if you know what's good for you, you have to come back to cricket. <laughs> so I, I knew exactly what that meant. So <laughs> I was on my road back. Um, however, um, though I was good in football, um, soccer, I um, when when it was time to get um, to go to high school, uh, we had um, scholarship trials. So the ones that were really good, um, the the ones that were outstanding, would get an opportunity to get a full scholarship at a private school. Mm. And um, so I had a choice to make uh, between football and cricket. But because I was, um, because I I really gelled well with my cricket friends, and I felt that cricket, you know, my cricket colleagues were, you know, were grounded, were well disciplined, were you know, respectful, um, as opposed to my football uh, friends who were a bit on the rowdy side. 
yeah. um, I ended up choosing cricket because of that. Yeah, wow. And and you break into first class cricket very young. Can mm. you tell us tell us how that came about? And is it true that you would have made your debut sooner, but there was a bit of a mix up with one of the grounds you were meant to be playing at to for making your debut? Yeah, that's uh, that's quite an interesting story because um, so everything is just happening, you know, too fast. So I've gone to high school yeah. and I've made, you know, national under under fourteen. Then I made national under sixteen when I was one year underage. Um, so and then I made national under um, national under nineteen when I was two years underage. So so I actually ended up playing uh, two years of my of under nineteen World Cup. So on the first under nineteen World Cup, I've met the team and you know, as a reserve keeper. But the, at the end of the tour, I'm now betting number three and I'm first choice keeper. <laughs> so things were happening so fast for me. Um now I don't realise I didn't realise how well I was doing. I was just, you know, enjoying my cricket. Uh, you know, going out there trying to perform to the best of my ability. And um so I come back from the under nineteen World Cup in Sri Lanka. And I'm the second highest, uh, you know, run getter in the team. And on that tour, we had um, Paul String, who was, a, you mm. know, obviously played for Zimbabwe, but he was on a, he was recovering from a, 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 a forearm injury. And uh, so he took us on that tour. Now he wrote an amazing report for me, and he basically said, um, he basically wrote that if you're looking for someone who's going to take out, take over from Andy Flower. This is the boy that you should be looking at. Oh wow! So, so Zimbabwe cricket did not waste any time. I get called by, um, I get called by uh, the chairman of selectors, and um, he says, uh, "Young man, bring your passport. You are joining the national team in West Indies." So, so I haven't even played my first class game, and he says, "Well, <laughs> yeah, there is a first class game that's coming up this weekend." So, um. You hear word about that, so I've gone back to my practice, to my you know, to my local coach, my local uh, club, to you know, to practice, and then um, uh, he says, "Well, are you are you aware of uh, you know what's happening?" So I said, "Yeah, I've, I've had this meeting, and this is what I've been told." And um, he says, "Oh, okay. I'm sure when you get home, there's going to be a message for you from the team manager for Mashonaland because you're going to be playing over the weekend. Um, you're playing for Mashonaland." So I said, oh, "Okay." So I get home. I'm waiting for a for a message or a phone call. Um, now remember those days. That was just the introduction of cell phones. Yeah, it was all it was all landline. So I'm sitting there, you know, waiting for a call, and there's no call that came in. Oh. Now, so now I'm thinking, what do I do now? Around seven p.m. Obviously, I know that you know the offices are closed. Um, so I'm thinking, how are they going to get hold of me? And how am I going to where you know where am I going to go to play? I don't know where the game is being played. Um, all the information that I've been told is I have to wait for a, you know for a phone call and I have to get ready uh, to play. So I thought, well, let me wake up early in the morning. Um, you know, ask my uh, my sister's partner to drive me to the main offices. So um, so already I knew I was going to be late because the offices used to open at eight. Yeah. Now I wanted to go to the offices. I felt that going to the offices would have been better because um, all the other grounds are closer to Harare Sports Club. 
so yeah. if the game was not at a red sports club then i would quickly just go to the other ground but if i'm waiting in highfield where i lived that's going to be another 45 minutes to get to the ground yeah so so and and by the way all this i'm doing by my own by myself because my my mother hardly knows you know didn't know anything about cricket she didn't know how well i was doing yeah. um apart from just knowing that you know her son has been selected to go somewhere and play um you know she was busy trying to feed um you know um, the six other children so uh so i'm doing this by myself um and i i speak to my sister and 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 we you know we make our way to a red sports club so the game was not at a red sports club but i needed i needed to wait for the offices to open so that i would ask where the game was and that that is what happened and that's how i ended up going to to country club where the game was so me going to a red sports club that's when i was telling people about that that's when they thought that i i, I turned up to the wrong venue but that's ah, right. that's what that's what transpired yeah yeah and you 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 have a very good under 19s world cup like you were saying you get selected on mm. on on the tour um mm. when when did you like and and Paul Strang had said uh you're the guy um as far mm. as the future of Zimbabwe cricket how, how did it actually mm. evolve from breaking into the team to was there mm. was there time you spent with Andy uh mm. where he was sort of showing you the ropes and getting you ready mm-hmm. to tell us a little bit about that process yeah i think um Andy Andy knew about me um because when I kept the very first time um his father Bill Flower who is you know who's a man after my own heart he he was uh, he was umpiring as well as coaching us uh-huh. and um and and I the, the wicketkeeper did not turn up so I'm I'm going back to when I was um when I was uh, 13 so the wicketkeeper did not turn up so he asked if anyone wanted to volunteer um and keep and i just put my hand up so well i'll try it. um i wasn't afraid of trying things uh, so you know i just put my hand up straight away and um and it so happened that Andy came to uh, to see his father about something so while list um so while list i was keeping bill flower asked Andy what he thought about my hand eye coordination just the general um you know general movement general keeping movement and Andy said he's a natural. Mm. So then Bill said, Bill said to Andy, so if you think he's a natural, he doesn't have keeping gloves, he doesn't have keeping pads. So I'm I'm going to leave it on you to, you know, to bring your old pair gloves and 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 pads uh, so that I can take them to him so that he carries on keeping. And Andy true to his word did that. And I got a, you know, I got a, um, got a visitor, Bill Flower, at uh, in school because I was in boarding school. Yeah. And he says, "I've got something for you. This is Andy Flowers keeping pads and, um, you know, uh, keeping gloves. And you're n- never going to leave keeping because of that. So, <laughs> so then that was the decision to, you know, to start to stop bowling and and start keeping. Um, so he he knew of me from because he kept following up about that. Yeah. Um. And uh, so he knew of me already, and Bill, Bill, you know, Bill would talk about the, the three, you know, the the four musketeers. So being myself, Stuart Matikenyere, Hamuton Masakaza, 
and Kushimoto Zibanda. So we used to spend a lot of time together and with Bill. So, um, so when I met the national team, Andy was the captain, and he just took me under his wing straight away. Yep. Uh, so whenever we did extra training, he would make sure that I was there. Um, and every time we'd played a game, he would sit next to me and say, um, or most of the time, he would sit next to me and say, Titi, um, what did you think uh, we did right? And what did you, what do you think we did wrong? So I knew that question was coming every, you know, almost mm. every time we were, in the, we were on the bus. So I started thinking ahead, you know, like Andy's going to ask me this question and must have an answer. Yeah. So, so I think he was just preparing me to, you know, uh, you know, to 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 uh, you know to assess, um, you know, to you know to learn to do team assessment and as well as individual assessment. Mm. Um, you know, because he would come and say, "You got out to a straight ball. That ball, I had a look at it. It didn't swing. Why did you miss that ball?" So I had to answer because I, you know, I used to practice, you know, with him at at times on tours. So, um, so because of that, that started getting me to think more about the game. Yep. Um, and you would say, uh, Tiba, um, if you were the captain, which bowling changes would you make? Had to, you know, I had to think. So I had, I learned to think more about the game when the game was going on, as a preparation to answering Andy. But what he, what really he was doing he was teaching me to think more about the game and to, you know, to be able to assess, um, you know, situations as the game goes. Yeah, and, and you're very young when you actually get given the responsibility. Do you, do you feel, uh, what, what were your feelings about it? Were you excited, overwhelmed, a bit of everything? Well, I think um, everything from the start, everything just happened too quickly for mm. me to, to comprehend what was, what was happening. So when I eventually, I, I knew a lot of players had come to me and said, be be prepared. You're going to be a captain at a young age. Um, so I knew that that was going to come. I just didn't know it was going to come that quickly. Mm. And 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 uh, I had also been made vice captain when I was 19. So I knew that that was going to come. You know, at you know at some stage. Um, so to answer your question, I I think a lot was happening too quickly for me to comprehend um, and to really analyze how I was feeling about it. Um, I was, I'm a very result-oriented person, probably get that from my first coach. Mm. Um, so instead of thinking about what it means and, and, and how I was feeling, my thoughts were always focused on how are we going to win the next, um, the next series, yeah. how we're going to win the next game. So um, my mind would be so caught up in that, that I sort of, brushed away all the other emotions and thoughts that would go um, with, you know, getting, um, uh, you know, responsibility at such a, such, a, such a young age. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, we, we've got a lot of Australian listeners uh, who'd lo- lo- love to hear a couple of reflections on a couple of Australian memories. Um, one I wanted to ask you about was you, you probably had, one of the best views of one of the the best innings we'll ever see on Australian soil, Matthew Hayden in Perth. Mm, mm, um, mm. What what were your memories as a young man wicket keeping and and watching Matthew Hayden go about his work uh, breaking mm. the the at the time the world record? 
Mm. Well, that was obviously quite tough uh, because, um, you know, I had to watch every single game. <laughs> um, the, good, the good thing about that was um, I didn't have to catch many balls. <laughs> yeah, uh, I probably had the best seats um, in the house. Um, I think I think there was a little bit of... Um, we had Raymond Price who was bowling quite well, and we had um, um, uh, Trevor Gripper who was a part-time spinner, the off spinner, and he would tame the ball. Uh, but you know, he wasn't used a lot. He was because he was an op- he was an opening batter. He was mainly a batter. Now, what I remember, what I remember vividly about it was, um, you know, the seamers weren't getting anything, and I thought, you know what, we might have a chance with the spinners. When the spinners come on, you know, the ball might be turning. And then the first few overs, the ball did not turn. And I just remember thinking, oh dear, we are in trouble here. <laughs> so that, that I remember so well. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was, oh dear, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he better really well. I mean, at, at, at that time, in that point in time in cricket, um, when we're playing, when we're talking about test cricket, a lot of the betters would take their time and, you know, just um, uh, ease their way into a century or, you know, you know, over a century. But he did not ease his way to a century. He just blasted his way <laughs> to, mm. to 300. So, so that, you know, was a special, I think that was a special innings. Uh, and um, obviously to, you know, to break the world record, is, it has to be something special. Yeah, and a, a more positive memory for you, um, 2007 World Cup, your T20 debut, uh, an Australian team, Gilchrist, Hayden, Ponting, Simons, Hussey, Hodge, Haddon, Lee, Johnson, Bracken, and Zimbabwe spoiled the party. Well, um, it was one of my, you know, uh, sweetest memories. Um, yeah, it was a very strong Australian side, and... You know, T20 had just been introduced, and we thought, well, it's when the game is the longer the game, you know, the 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 more the distance in terms of quality, um, the more the, the visibility of the the distance in terms of quality. But the you know the shorter the the vision, um, you know, the the less the visibility of the quality. So we thought, well, it's T20, um, so you know anything can happen, and you know, we just need, as opposed to Test cricket, where you have you know a lot of players that have to play well. In T20, you just need a couple, or you know, uh, just over just several to you know to play well, and um, you could win a match. And and we so, and I knew that. Um, so there was no. So when we would play Test cricket, there would be a fear that would accompany playing a big team. Yeah. But that fear was not there in T20s, um, you know, being a new a new format. And, and, and I'm a big believer that fear plays a big part in sport. Mm. So once, once one has got fear, the other one is more freer and able to express themselves better because they don't have what I would call demons, you know, you know fighting in his, in, his, in his or her head. Mm. And because of of the, the absence of that fear, we were able to just express ourselves. I think the fielding was immaculate. Um, we, we, 
we 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 caught everything, um, and we were really tight uh, in the inner ring, um, and 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 it's it just that fielding effort just brought a lot of belief, um, you know, over and above the belief that was there already because of North Year. And um and when we went on to betting, um we had a bit of a shaky start but, you know, settled things well and then ended up uh, you know, winning that game and um it was definitely sweet for us. Yeah, yeah, one of the one of the memorable uh, moments, definitely taking mm. down a powerhouse like Australia. Mm. Um, just just moving on to some individual success with the bat for you mm. in Test cricket, January two thousand five, eighty five not mm. out in the first innings against Bangladesh, and then a big hundred, hundred and fifty three in in the in the second innings. Uh, mm. At that at that point in time, scoring scoring your first Test hundred. What does what 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 do the individual moments mean to you in in team game like cricket? Mm. So that was quite a difficult one um, because we were you know our backs were against the wall, um, and I would scored eighty five as you mentioned in the first innings, and we were still you know uh, we we're still a little bit in trouble, mm. and um, uh, well I say in trouble because we knew we knew that we. You know, we had to win the test match to be able to, you know, to tie. So we needed to leave enough time in the game. Uh, and we, so we needed to score quicker in the second innings. But when I walked in the second innings, we were, we had a low score for, for four. And, but I remember walking in and, 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 and speaking to Brendan Taylor, who I joined on the crease. And I said, look, it's actually because I think we had a lead of, uh, oh, I don't remember the lead that we had. But I was saying to him that because of the lead, we were the score was not exactly what it was. So, for example, if we had a 50 lead and we were 30 uh, for four, I was actually saying to him we were 80 for four mm. um, and, and, and not 30 for four. So don't worry about the scorecard. Let's just um, make sure that we play our game. So you play your game. He was a leg-side player and I'll play my game. I was, I was more an upside player. And I said that will obviously, you know, um, that will obviously mess them up. And we had a really good partnership, you know, before he departed. And then now, we then lost quick wickets again. Now, I'm almost about to get 100, and I'm now betting with the number 10 better. Yeah. And we still need we still need more runs on the board. Yeah. So um, so I said to uh, to Douglas Wondo, you just, just block everything um, and let me control the innings. So um, we had a 50 partnership. He scored one run, um, and um, and I managed to you know to to keep the to- the scoreboard ticking, and um, you know before we lost uh, before we we lost a couple of wickets, and we had enough on the on the board, but we just um, you know the wicket had not deteriorated as well as we thought, as much as we thought it did, it it would do, and they they blocked out for a draw. So so to answer your question, um, it was. I could not think about my individual score on that, you know, in that um, in that innings mm. because there was more that was at stake than just uh, you know an individual um, performance and especially as a captain. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And later that year, you, you make the decision to leave international cricket. Um, mm. Cricket's been such a big part of your life. Uh, mm. ha- 
uh, and I'll I'll tie in here your your Christian worldview and your Christian beliefs. Um, mm. h- how helpful for for you was it having a strong Christian faith um, at at that time of needing to make uh, a life changing, challenging decision that affected your career and a, a lot of the the uncertainty that was going on around that time. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I think um, in hindsight, um, you know, it's always it's always easier to look at things in hindsight. But you know, my character is such that when I when I put my eyes on something, I go full out. And everyone that knows me knows that about me. Mm. And I started asking myself life questions, um, and which are you know genuine life questions that you know people do ask themselves. Mm. Um, I mean, I've been playing cricket, and as you mentioned, cricket has you know has been a part of my life. And um, I, I remember the time that I played, you know, the time that I was really playing well. That would have been um, around 2007, 2008. Mm. Um, I remember thinking, I remember going back and there were a lot of, you know, newspaper articles because I was scoring and I was, I was really doing well at that time. And I remember coming back home and I used to have a, uh, I used to sit, you know, just by, um, by the glass doorway, you know, where my house and I'll be looking out um, at the trees, uh, just, you know, letting the sunshine in. And um, I, I remember thinking, what then? So and and that was a question that I didn't have an answer to. So mm. I was the question was what then I've I've scored runs or we've won a game or, or you know we I haven't scored runs we've lost a game what then we I have to go back again I have to start building up building myself up for another game and then yes articles will be written and um, but there will come a time when I'll have to leave this game there will come a time when the the trophies are thrown away. There will come a time when the name is forgotten. What then? So I couldn't, my mind could not um, get an answer to that, that question. Mm. And, um, and, 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 and because that, you know, the next part of that question was, where did I come from? What am I doing here on earth? And where am I going? And I needed to find answers to that. And I, I believe that people, you know, in different stages of their life, you know, come to where they ask themselves those questions. And um, uh, and it just happened that, you know, I was asking myself these questions when I was, you know, I was at my playing best. And um, and I thought, well, I think I'm going to have to find this answer um, in religious circles because I think I'll be able to find it anywhere else. So I started on a spiritual um, journey. So now, because I started concentrating a lot on that, my you know my cricket had to be disrupted. I think um, yeah. because that's that's my character. I think you know someone else who's able to uh, to to multitask uh, will be able to you know to do both. But because of my character, that's why initially I said in hindsight, I will look at it as uh, you know maybe there could have been a better way of doing it. Yeah, um, but. Because of my character, I just go full out. So I was hundred percent concentrating on that. And yes, I was still contracted. Yes, I was still playing. But I knew that my most of my focus had gone to finding these answers. So I joined the church. Um, 
you know, because of that. Um, and and I was finding answers and I was finding peace. Mm. Um, and and I just got drawn into it more and more up until I thought, well, one one has to go. So which goes now? Is it cricket that goes or is it, you know, the spiritual side of my life that goes? So um, because I'm a one, you know, single-eyed person, I thought, well, cricket is going to go anyway because I'm going to retire at some stage. Mm. Um, but I think spirit, spirituality will not go. That's just really you you continue uh, until you leave this earth. So um, so that's what, you know, made me to, um, you know, to make a decision and, and let cricket go rather than um, the, the, the spiritual side. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. And um, I'd love to hear uh, a little bit about um, the Indian Premier League. Uh, T20 cricket was was very new. Um, you find yourself uh, getting getting a contract uh, with the likes of Ponting, Gale, Shoaib Akhtar, uh, Brad Hodge, Brendan McCullum, uh, uh, and I think John Buchanan would have been your coach as well. Um, that is correct. Yeah. What 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 was it like being a part of the early stages of the IPL, and um, what what are your fond memories of being there? Oh, uh, you know, like like anything else that I've mentioned before, that was a new. I mean, that was a new uh, uh, league, and we didn't know what to expect. Um, so it was like, oh, okay, I got I got picked, so let's go. So I've gone there and I don't have any expectations and um, and I get there and I'm thinking, dear, this is bigger than what I thought. <laughs> um, and then and then you get into the changing room, you start to realize who's in the team and you're thinking, okay, there are four players to four you know overseas players to play, and, and if I'm looking at this with a correct eye, I'm pro. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I like you know I like being honest with myself and I. And I mean, we had, you've mentioned, uh, you know, appointing Chris Gale, Brandon McCallum, and there was like Janta Mendes, there was Tusha Pereira, there was um, Shuweb Akta Umagu, um, there was Salman Bhatt, there was Hafiz, uh, Brad Hodge. I mean, we had them, uh, Dave Hasi, we had a massive team, um, in, you know, in terms of professionals, mm. overseas, I mean, overseas um, professionals. So I was like, okay. Um, the chances are I might not get a game here. However, yeah. I have to prepare myself um, for if anything happens. So um, um, I'm still, you know, uh, I just got along with uh, John Buchanan uh, since then because w- w- what he says was outstanding about me during that time was it, it didn't faze me that I might not get a game. Mm. I just continue to work hard. And, um, and because of that, I managed to get three games um, out of that first year, and um, and 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 so my initial my initial thoughts about it was, this is massive, this is bigger than I I, I thought, and if I'm going to give myself a chance, I have to just you know put my head down, and um, and make sure that um, you know should that time comes, I should be ready, and not regret. So um, so. Yeah, I mean the first game against the first game that McCallum scored one fifty eight. That was you know that then hit the you know, the tournament going and um, and it, it has just gone from strength to strength. Mm. 
Yeah, and uh, life after cricket. How how yeah. how how has it been for you transitioning out of cricket? And can you can you tell us a little bit about what life looks like for you these days? All right. So so I went and I went away. I was involved in the church, um, and I was a trustee, and and that went on for several years. Uh, and then I made a decision to to relocate. So I you know, I decided to go to uh, to UK with my family. Um, yeah. You know, and I just wanted to give my kids. Um, you know, a head start in life, so to speak. Um, so it was a decision for the kids to, you know, to go to the schools that we thought were, you know, that we we had um, staged and thought were, you know, were good. Yep. Uh, and seen, well, seen that they're good. So so we, we relocated to the UK. And I thought, well, I'm in the UK. I'm not um, in Bulawayo. Um, you know, while I'm, you know, I'm searching for a church to go to, um, I could, you know, continue to play some cricket. So, so I made a decision. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll make myself available and play. And then um, uh, the club that I got attached to, um, they were so excited about that, and they, you know, they they, they communicated with BBC Sports, <laughs> and then it was like it was big news um, everywhere that I was back in cricket now. Because of that news, uh, Zimbabwe Cricket then contacted me and said, "Look, well, we see that you're not back in cricket. Why don't you want? Or, you know, why don't you get involved?" So um, it was a new chairman, um, Kutlani, who's I think who's the current chairman to date. And uh, we, I, I put that aside for about a year. We charged on and off for a for a year, and then eventually I, I, you know, I accepted and went in as a selector, um, as well as um, head of um, academy. Mm. So, um, but I was still based in the UK, but, but I would, you know, I would split my time between uh, the two places. Um, so that went on until 2018. Then um, 20, just end of 2019, 2020, that's when uh, COVID hit. Um, and obviously the world was in a bit of a standstill yeah. for, for that couple of years. Um you know, after that, I I then got a role in Bangladesh uh, at, a, at a place called BKSP, which I really enjoyed. Um, you know, uh, coaching there. Uh, so I spent two years there, and um, and I got uh, went a few you know in a few places in South Asia, um, and 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 I was in Pakistan. Um, coaching the under-19 World Cup team that's actually participating in South Africa now, mm. and as, as I mean, cricket is is um, you know you, you feel like in cricket everyone knows everyone else, <laughs> and so we we're having a conversation with um with with Mark Cole, um, you know who's become a, a good colleague of mine, um, and he says you know uh, you know Chiba, um, I would really you know, I'd really love for you to join us. Um, so he was coaching the Pakistan women's team. He says, I'd really love for you to, you know, to join us. Um, so anyway, so he's trying to see how, you know, how best that can go and, you know, what I'll be happy with in terms of contract, etc. And while we're having that conversation, he then says, you know what? There is a place 
uh, where I think you'll fit in, you know, like a glove. Um, I, 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 you say, I know um, if I'm being selfish, we'll continue on this because I want you to, I, want, I really want you to work with you. Yeah. Um, but if I'm being honest, and I think, this, you know, if I, if, if I know that there's a place that you can save the, you know, cricket better, I think it's Papua New Guinea. Mm. Um, and and um, there was an advertisement that was there. So I, you know, I did apply for that. And then um, it just, because of the words that, you know, Mark Holt had and then, you know, the people I started communicating with, I was communicating with Joe Dawes, um, you know, who's done massive for, 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 for PNG. Mm. And then he handed me over to, uh, to Richard Dawn who is the current CEO, and w- the conversation was just smooth. And instead of having an interview where you, you know, it's a Zoom, they said, look, why don't you come here? Um, see if you like the place. See if there's, you know, if there's potential that you can work with. Um, you know, that way it will be a better interview. Mm. So I agreed to that. And I just loved it from the word go. Um, and, um, and so... Currently, I am coaching the Papua New Guinea men's team, so we're actually preparing for the World Cup, uh, the T20 World Cup. Yeah. Um, so, as well as the head coach for the men's team, I also hold um, a performance director role. So, I look at the quality of both the players and the um, and and the coaching yep. to make sure that uh, the, it is international standard for the men's team, the women's team, the, the under-19 boys and under-19 girls. So I hold two roles uh, with Papua New Guinea at the moment. Um, so, yeah, so the reason why I'm in Australia at the moment is because we've just come back from um, from um, New Zealand where we're, we're taking part in the Pan-Pacific Cup, which we retained. Um, yeah. And now I'm on my way uh, back to Papua New Guinea to, because um, um, we we're given the we're given the gentleman uh, or the guy is a bit of a break because of um, the strikes that were happening. So now I commence back, uh, you know, for training. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Sounds like sounds like there's still a a, a good road ahead for you, and uh, really excited to see what the the next chapter looks like. Our last question. Um, this is this is one that you can have a bit of fun with. Um, if you're organising a dream okay. cricket net session, you can invite whoever you want to be there. Could be could be cricketers, could be celebrities, could be anyone living or dead. Uh, who who are you going to invite as your three guests? Um, my captain for that uh, for that net session will be Nelson Mandela. Oh yes, uh, big big fan of Nelson Mandela. I, I think I've read pretty much every book that is <laughs> that has been written about him. Um, he, um, I think he's just um, an amazing character. I think he was um, uh, he was able to control his emotions to an uh, you know to a degree that a lot of people would not be able to. Mm. Um, and and uh, he was educated. Um, and you know, always looked for the best way of resolving anything. Um, you know, regardless of how difficult it was, and he, and he, and he was always in tune 
of knowing that at the end of the day we are just but human um and yeah. and, and that is what uh, you know does it uh, for me um the other person is uh, a, a colleague of mine who's still who's still living um i do spend a bit of time with him every time i'm able to when i'm in bangladesh his name is riaz almamun um he's the he's the chairman of epilion group uh one of the uh one of the textile industries in bangladesh yeah now uh, this gentleman does not say much uh but when he opens his mouth uh there is all um so just judging from the time that i spent with him um i met him the first time in 2005 yeah when i was playing for one of his teams and we just got along and um i've learned so much from him and i, I believe there's there's still plenty more uh there's still uh from him yep um the third one the third one will be my wife uh loveness oh good um, choice i think <laughs> i think um I think I've never met anyone who's uh more patient than she is. Um I mean having to deal with someone like myself is takes <laughs> 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 a bit of a cup. Um uh... I mean not maybe maybe not so much now but you know my younger days I was quite fiery and um a bit of a hothead. Yeah. Uh but she always used to find a way to you know to calm me down and um you know regardless of the you know the many mistakes that i've made she you know she's so patient and um and yeah so i've never i've never come across anyone who's as patient as she is and i would love to you know uh, though i spend a lot of time with her i would love to know the secret to that and still yet to unlock what the secret is so that would be my next session <laughs> sounds, sounds sounds like she's mastered unconditional love pretender indeed indeed Yeah. Well, thank thank you so much uh for joining us on the Cricket Library podcast. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing those parts of your story. Uh you've also got a book as well, uh Keeper mm. of Keeper of the Faith, and I, I I'd encourage myself and yeah. and everyone to um mm. to read more of your story and 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 find out more of the details mm. of um the intricacies of your life and um yeah, just really mm. thank you for 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 being on the show with us here today. Thanks that. A massive thanks to Tatenda Taibu for joining us on this edition of the Cricket Library podcast and a massive thanks to you our loyal listeners who tune in to each and every episode some wonderful stories being told through this platform and we're very thankful to you for keeping us inspired and hopefully these stories are keeping you inspired to love the game of cricket and if you're looking for more stories head over to the cricketlibrary.com plenty for you to enjoy there don't forget to check out Tender's book Keeper of the Faith and you can get that via the usual places no doubt Amazon one of those that you might like to go to to get that book and of course keep your eye out for when the next episode will be landing You never know who will be next on the Cricket Library podcast and 
We look forward to your company again next time. This has been Matt Ellis. Bye for now.